Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Today's episode is brought to you by ModMed. Do your EHR and PM adapt to your style of practice? The ModMed EHR and PM do, with benefits like remembering preferences and automatically suggesting documentation and billing codes. Urologists voted ModMed the number one urology-specific EHR and PM solution available, built by urologists with input from yours truly. Stop wasting 60 minutes and 200 for each of your open or no-show slot. Go to modmed.com slash prsnetwork. Set up an appointment with the team at ModMed Urology and shift your urology practice into high gear. Imagine a solution on a tablet or the web that works seamlessly with revenue cycle management, analytics, telehealth, payment processing, patient engagement tools, and much more. ModMed is transforming healthcare by placing doctors and patients at the center of care. Welcome to episode 119 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter. And uh, Ray is out for this episode. Um, He's taken some much-needed vacation, so uh, we wish him the best on his vacation. All right, let's get started. Um, We want to cover in today's episode the day one agenda for our upcoming seminar in Las Vegas and uh, in December of 2022 and New Orleans in January 2023. And we wanted to cover what were uh, the agenda for day one. And and in the next episode, we'll talk about the agenda for day two. But we want to cover what we're covering, what we're talking about, and the why we're, we're doing it and why it's so important and why we've included it. You know, in our seminars, we always have a ton of information that we want to present and we want to pick the the right information for the urology practice, urology, urologists and urology coders and billers. We want to make sure we hit that uh, bullseye and there's just uh, a lot to choose from. And this is the information that we chose. Um, Mark, do you want to. Uh, say anything, or should we just get started? What do you think? So I, I think in in the end we'll roll into getting started on this. But you know, you know, Scott's right. As we go through all of the potential topics uh, that we could cover in a two day uh, seminar, uh, it is uh, you know there are some things that float to the top as we've got to touch this because we're of what we're seeing around the country. And that's really in the end, the driver, um, you float the stuff that really has to be done to the top. And we, you know, you can't cover everything and everybody that shows up, you know, is both a learner and a teacher. Uh, as we go through that, as everybody participates back and forth and shares what they're doing and, you know, tweaks are always there because without a doubt, we're all in the constant improvement mode. And, you know, the the fact that we are, you know, on yet another facing yet another year 
of proposed decreases, which hopefully get taken care of. Um, you know, we're we're still decreasing because we've got inflation and everything else going forward. So even if we hold the line, which is on reimbursement for Medicare, it's really important to keep streamlining and streamlining because that top line is not going to jump up. There's no real uh, relief in sight there to increase the the per procedure income. So you've got to look at different ways to go. Um, so that's why we chose what we chose. Um, then we'll walk through why we chose these the specific issues as we go through this. All right. So, okay. Um, so we're going to kick off our uh, first session of our seminar with the pre-service information and discussion. And we kind of put a tagline, strategies to promote, maintain, and enhance optimal front office workflow and how to make a front office work for you. Um, so why is this so important, Mark? So we, in general, what I'm seeing around the country are two different um, factors, one outside and one in, but also an outside pressure. Um, so first up, the number of Medicare Advantage uh, patients and the number of folks that are moving in to manage care plans uh, is increasing. Um, and all of those groups have some type of pre-service requirement for or an, and a pre-supply, pre-drug. So we've got a lot of things that need to be done just to make sure that we've got the right patient insurance. And in some places you've got, you know, like Medi-Cal out in California where patients are allowed to jump plans monthly. Um, you've got uh, payers uh, with contracts with various uh, employers that we see uh, patients moving around a little bit here and there. So it's throughout the year that everybody's having to make sure you've got the correct insurance. You've also got the um, increases uh, in uh, deductibles and variable co-pays that are out there for specialty care. So making sure that you are accurately looking at the eligibility that is provided uh, hopefully electronically by now, uh, and that you're checking that every single time. Uh, those issues are big. And then uh, you've got the the internal issue and the big pressure that we're seeing across the country is the turnover with front office staff. It is tremendous right now. If you can find a lot of practices that we've got or that we're working with, uh, aren't even able to find replacement people. Um, it is a common complaint across the door, the the board as as attracting uh, and keeping staff. Um, so, and I don't know which one is you know right now it's which one is bigger. You got to be able to attract them before you can keep them, and and that's a big problem. So, um, one of the 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 strategies that we really need to look toward 
in the front office side is um, institutional knowledge being placed uh, in a format that doesn't leave with your employees. A lot of practices will typically uh, have a, a an individual who's been there for a while, and this has been kind of the MO that I've seen that's been there for a while, and a new person comes in, and they sit with who's ever there, and that person trains them. Uh, and, you know, that there's two things that are uh, potentially an issue with that. Now, if you've got a good person up front that's that's been doing this and is doing well, uh, that's, you know, a reasonable approach. But uh, what we found is that over time, a lot of those folks uh, don't keep up with changes. And, you know, sometimes there's not a good connection between the back and the front to actually identify areas for improvement. And uh, we end up with uh, basically a process that isn't fully functional to begin with. And then that gets passed to the next employee. And when you take a fast turnover, uh, you don't even have time to get that training from one person to another. So we'll talk about some strategies to help uh, build your training protocols and your procedures uh, in a method that allows you to keep that consistency or and actually improve that if, uh, the efficiency of that front office piece. And we'll give you some outside suggestions as well on ways that 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 people are using around the country to um, to bring the the basically the accuracy up by bringing some of the stress levels down, which in turns translate into the ability to keep some of your employees. Because you know the the front office uh, position is a stressful one. And a lot of times there's too many things going on in that front office and you're losing staff because they can make the same amount of money at a retail store uh, and they don't have the same stress. Uh, They don't have the same requirements there. It's a little more of a cush job. So that's why we're seeing a lot of migration. And of course, uh, everybody's uh, scratching their head as to why so many people are sitting on the sidelines. We'll have to see if people start coming back into the workforce and we can start seeing those uh, the 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 labor pools growing. So question for you on this, uh, how uh, you know, is this impacting the employed providers? You know, how does the pre-service translate into that? Hmm. So, the employed provider has some of the same issues um, in that the system they're working for has these issues as well. The, that imp- that system also needs to make sure that they're getting paid so they can continue to pay their employees. I mean, it's a money in, money outside of the equation, and they're having some of the same issues. Uh, so uh, being able to interact or bring suggestions back to your employer in that regard um, or uh, being able to look at the system and see if there are ways to push more automation into that uh, into that process so that the office within the organization doesn't have as much to do. And that's 
that's the other side of the equation is being able to to lower that that overall function of that front office to make it a much more pleasant experience for the patient and the employees is really what we're focused on and it's 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 paramount in these these times much of the reimbursement battle has moved to the front all right yeah i think that's uh it's important you got to know uh, about that if that's an issue in your in your getting reimbursed so you got to know about the the pre-service information or the front office how that's plays a role in the overall picture big picture okay all right and then um so that's that's going to be our first session our second session we're going to um it's it's going to be the e&m 2023 interactive session and you know basically making sense of the new rules to maximize efficiency and productivity and there are some changes coming in the e&m for uh they're they're bringing the information they're bringing the same system from the office and outpatient uh to the inpatient and and other places of service so that's a going to be a big change but uh, should be hopefully more seamless because we're everybody should be familiar with the outpatient and office E&M rules. So you want to talk about what we're going to be doing in that and how, how that's going to work? Yeah, so, you know, we've had the, the new rules for almost two years now. Uh, and we're, uh, we have started uh, with a number of groups doing a number of chart reviews and uh, the educational uh, quote-unquote audits uh, across the board, and and we've started to see uh, what it, where the areas are of confusion um, really are, and and to a certain degree where the issues are in in working the new guidelines into your EHRs. So in this session, we'll we'll go in, we'll 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 talk ab- about a little bit about the details uh, for where we're seeing some issues. But a lot of the session, this session is gonna be uh, working with uh, scenarios and verbiage and going back and forth on the discussion as to why this fits into a three and why this fits into a four. And and we'll talk about tr- how, tr- how you help clinicians um, internalize some of this stuff or uh, look at this a little bit easier. Uh, and and the other piece we're we're going to weave into this discussion is how do you leverage your EHR and some of their auto calculators, which ones are decent, which ones are are not as good, and and why those systems fail. So we'll we'll cover a lot of stuff in this session, but a lot of it is going to be uh, looking at specific uh, examples uh, in in the process and how to how to pick the right code and 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 how to change it if we if the work was done okay all right and then our next session is uh the annual update uh, the the medicare policy update and we're going to be talking about how upcoming medicare changes will affect your practice operations and revenue and uh this is the is this going to be good, bad, or ugly? 
Yeah, the way it's coming out right now, um, it is definitely not good. Um, it's it's in the bad thing uh, time frame. So this is going to be a little bit of a tough session um, to go through. But uh, the reality is you need to plan for what is happening from Medicare. Um, there are a couple of silver lining pieces here and there. Um, but uh, But as we look at that Medicare policy, uh, we'll walk through what we think is going to happen. You know, we've still got a, we still got December and some chances for uh, Congress to make a few changes so it's not ugly, uh, and can move it back to bad. So um, that's kind of where it sits. And then we'll follow that up, um, Scott. If I'll just jump ahead to the next session with the global uh, surgery uh, side of the equation and really. Uh, talk about uh, making sure that you get paid accurately for everything that you already do. Um, so we're definitely um, going to spend that time making sure that everybody understands, you know, what's included in that surgical package and how to get paid for those things that are kind of out of the ordinary. Um, making sure that, you know, the that global payment for surgery, I still keep getting lots of questions of when it starts and when it ends. And unlike real life situations, when you you know you get a you 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 pay for a package of services um, in a in an all inclusive resort or any uh, something like that, uh, you know when it starts and when it ends, and they list out what's included. And Medicare does the same, but. Uh, vacations, you can choose to go off the reservation. A lot of times the patient care side of the equation is not a choice, but simply the way the patient uh, uh, deals with the recovery side and and whether or not they have additional issues going on. So there's there's a little more variation and a lot less predictability in the global surgery side of the equation. So as you look at how you provide services to your patient, we can help you pro build your documentation and, and understand that package as well as the ways to get paid for things that occur uh, that are payable, but within the package. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, we'll be using uh, some scenarios and uh, different examples to, to help make those points. All right, and the, then uh, we're going to wrap up the day with uh, kind of the business side of urology, and uh, which which will include you know productivity measurements, how you are paid, RVUs, coding and billing business metrics. Uh, then uh, then at the the, the end of that discussion, we're going to be talking about uh, QHP compensation. Um, how you're how you're compensated and what's going on what are the general trends in the market and contracting what what you should look out for some of those uh, basic things that that you need to pay attention to and and that you may not know or you you may want to learn more about uh, we have a nice open discussion and uh, really generates some great questions and you learn a lot about about that when you're talking to a group and getting all that input and questions. So you want to explain 
a little bit more on that, Mark, and why we felt that was so important and how that applies to the coders and billers? Yeah, so, so you know, productivity measurement, and we get this question a lot of, of the best ways to look at things um, from the productivity side and, and how to use RVUs. And we'll do a quick review session on that. Um, and, of course, whether it's, you know, for contracted physicians, where, whether it's what you bill versus what you get paid for and what kind of monitoring you're doing uh, for your coding if the you're in a large system, uh, what happens when you actually submit codes or if you give your coding over to uh, an abstractor? Those types of things um, do affect that end RVU production piece. So we'll take a look at those things. Uh, we also look at uh, you know what what you need to kind of loop back around, if you will. So you know the, the, your RCM team, your billers and coders are an essential part of what actually flows in in the money side of the equation and oftentimes they are a lot of folks look at it as a black box i just put my codes in and i get paid but with all the upfront activity and all the restrictions on what you can get paid for and by whom uh, you've got to have that connection between the two so using some of your metrics and being able to generate those reports and how to actually talk to your physicians and how physicians can talk to the coding and billing team is an important connection. And uh, data is a good way to take down some of the uh, some of the problems there and also elevate the the issues that are important. So we want to go over that kind of stuff. And then from the compensation market trends contracting and then looking at some of the ex you know from the market trend side the, the external factors as to what's going on uh, we'll talk a lot about where physician compensation is what type of contracts we see uh, main reason we put that in there uh, is uh, one of the biggest uh, or number one uh, breakup issues or uh, practices when we see tension in there is the contracting doesn't align with the philosophy of all the partners. Uh, so, uh, and the contracting meaning the contracting with the with your with your staff. So, trying to align those things is important. So, we'll have a few open discussions about what the alignment issues are and how to get those together. And then the market trend side, look at you know what's the effect of of all the hospitals uh, hirings and what's happening now with some of our urologists who have been employed for a long time deciding I've had enough and are going back out on their own. And then of course, you've got the the uh, mergers of many of the groups and the private equity uh, position within the marketplace. And we'll talk about all those things and kind of what to look for and what makes sense uh, for different groups. Because you know, we, we've got a, what, 9,000 urologists in the country and uh, a lot of different personalities, and there is not a one-size-fits-all out there. All right. All right. And that will wrap up the day with that discussion, and uh, and that's the end, end of it, end of day one. So we do encourage you all to, to join us. It's always very enlightening to, to get down there and see what's happening with everybody and 
talk about uh, all the different issues and go through all these different topics. And it, it's uh, getting that discussion, as I mentioned before, it's so important. And that's one of the, the things that uh, the attendees have constantly said over and over again that, you know, meeting people, learning about other things, hearing from other people, hearing, you know, the, the different ways people are doing things. It's it's so important to to get a different perspective from from your own group or from your own situation. So it's it's nice to get out there. And plus it's good to get out of the office and and see in a different situation. So we hope you join us either in Las Vegas on December second and third or in January uh, on January twenty seventh and twenty eighth in New Orleans. So uh, we'll put a link to signing up uh, on the episode page, which is prsnetwork.com forward slash 119 or 119. And you can click that link and get signed up. We'd, we'd love to see you down there. All right. Uh, final thoughts, Mark? Yeah, I know that uh – leaving the practice and traveling right now isn't the most convenient um, and sometimes not the uh, first choice of a lot of folks because it's it's hard to let go of the day-to-day um, and and all the fires that are out there um, but learning and planning um, looking towards the future a little bit uh, is something every business needs so uh, we'd encourage you all to do that, and and I, if you can't join us um, uh, in Vegas, hopefully you can in New Orleans. And uh, I know that some of you don't like that Vegas is not your favorite destination, but uh, it's it is one of the cheaper places to get to. So we try and take a look at all those balances when we get those in forward. So hopefully we'll get to see everybody down there. All right. Well, we'll end this episode here, and I'm going to take us out. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, the juice